begin today as we continue on with this series, a little bit of an update on the hole that's being dug in my backyard. Uh, if you've been here the last few weeks, my kids are, um, have been joyfully, industrially uh, working on a hole in our backyard, uh, setting up cones around it and digging you know, like you do. The long-range plan, of course, is to someday um, dig a hole big enough that they can move in and live out there. But this weekend, our kids moved from that hole digging to a more indigenous construction method, um, and the kids completed two teepee homes for them to live in out there in our backyard. They've got everything you need in a home. You got two separate bedrooms there. You got you got soccer balls. You got stuffed animals. You got Legos out there. Binoculars if you need to see what's out in the world. And so I think by this time next week. Lindsay and I are going to officially be empty nesters, I think. Um, and so as all of you know who've been empty nesters before, it's, it's a little bittersweet. You know, we're, we're going to miss them, but we're really excited also at the same time. Um, so as I was watching the kids like, put their heart and their soul and their creativity into this project with single-minded purpose, um, I kind of longed for that myself. I longed for that day when the purpose in life was like so clear and so much about the present moment. When you're a kid, the purpose is simple. You wake up in the morning, you dig. You run, you climb. You, know, you build an awesome stick house that you can live in, which is um, pretty much the plot of Thoreau's Walden, too. Um, you go to the backyard to live deliberately. That's what being a kid is about. But as you move through life, the purpose begins to move from the present. In some ways, it shifts to out there in the future. And here, here's what I mean. As you go through life sometimes, uh, it's like we begin looking to the future for where real life might be found. And the purpose of, of high school is in some ways to do well enough that we can graduate and get the right career or get into the right college. And if we go to college, then the purpose is to one day to get into a good grad school, so maybe we can get into another grad school. <laughs> So one day we can get the right job, and then one day we can get a better job, and then maybe even get a better, better job, so that one day we can retire to a good place with good weather and finally get to sit back and relax around the pool and live the good life in Boca Raton, Florida, playing shuffleboard and telling stories about how college were the best days of our life. Like, we're just looking out there, but yet at the same time longing for the present. Because there's this part of us, part of me, in the midst of that, that's like, what about, what about now? What about the present moment? Not about the, the one day and the 401k, but what's the purpose in the present? What about real life now? After all, as the great prophet John Lennon says, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And so what about the life that's happening right now? Amidst the planning and the preparing, what's our purpose right now, where we are now in Denton, um, in high school, in college, in career, um, and retired among our family, our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, amidst our country and our world. Right now, what are we to be about? Not in just the one days ahead, but right now on this day, in this season of the present. This is an important, like, soul question for all of us, I think. Because, because right here in our now, if we, if we listen There's this whisper in us, this invitation to take where we are and and who we are and to let it be a part of more, to be a part of goodness right now, to take our present and live with purpose, to be a part of what 
what God is doing in our world, to be a part of cultivating justice and joy and peace, of reconciliation and restoration, of flourishing for all people, to build the beloved community, not one day, but to be a part of it now, to let my life now bring life now, and to live real life with love at the center. And when we hear and we start to awaken to that whisper that is within us, I think in some ways we begin to awaken to finding our purpose in the now as well. This is such a big soul question that it shouldn't surprise us that Jesus, who, who taught and embodied and invited us into a way that leads to life, that Jesus touched on this as he went. And one of the places where he did was, uh, was a place in our scripture library called the Sermon on the Mount, which is one of my favorite places in our scripture library. You can find it in Matthew chapter 5 through 7 about uh, and this was near the beginning of his ministry. And so Jesus has, has gathered together a group of people, a crowd of folks, the young and the old, all genders and backgrounds, um, cat people, dog people. It was like everybody. Um, it was people a lot like us, people who had a lot going on with their day-to-day life. But here they were because it seemed like Jesus in the midst of life had life right now. And they were still learning about all that. They still had a lot of questions, but they'd seen enough to be intrigued. That Jesus seemed to to know a little bit about full life, that full life centered on love. And so some of them were coming to listen in devotion. Some were coming to listen in doubt. Some were just coming to see if he did the whole like water to wine thing again and get on that. But they were intrigued and they saw in Jesus the light of life. But most of all, They knew that in his presence and what they experienced in the community that gathered around them, they knew that they were loved right now as they were for all that they are in the places that they were. They found love and empowerment. And so Jesus, from the center of that place, from the center of that presence of love, sits down and begins to open for them a vision of the heart of God, a vision of the beloved community and the work of life that God is cultivating in our world. And right there in the middle of kind of laying out that big picture vision, Jesus looks out at this crowd that's gathered, full of questions and their own stories. In the middle of everything, he looks out to them and he invites them to be a part of the story, to be a part right now, not to just take part or to play a part, but to be a part of this story coming into being. And here's what he Here's what he says, and this is kind of amazing. He says, this light, this vision that I've shared, well, he says, you are the light of the world. And when he said that, it got really quiet. Everybody's like, wait, what did he just say? Because they're looking around, and they you know, feel a little dim themselves. They're looking around, nobody's glowing. Maybe they heard of this vision of like God is the light, or a nation is the light to the world, but Jesus wasn't talking about that. He was talking to to real people, people like us, like you and me, and and beginning to give them a vision, but most of all, giving them an invitation. The purpose right here in the present, right here, where we are, as we are. And he looked out and he said, you, and you, and you, and you, and me, you are the light of the world, which is a lot. As Casey said, that's pretty overwhelming. 
kind of mind-boggling. It seems bigger than us, especially when you consider how lightless our world seems at times. That's a big job, but Jesus says that in some ways this is what we are to be, that our purpose here is to throw sunshine and never shade, to shine light. How would we do that? How do we even begin? So we'll get to the how part. But first, Jesus goes on with another metaphor. He says, you're the light of the world. You're a city built on a hill that cannot be hidden. And I love the wisdom of community that Casey invited us to remember the fact that that that's a city. It's not an isolated person, that it's all of us. In the context, when they think about that vision, one of the things that they thought of was this one city on a hill that they knew very well, the city of Jerusalem. It was this city that literally shone on a hill. The walls were made out of white limestone walls, and that night, at nighttime, they would ring them with torches, and the city would shine out like a light that could not be hidden. But it wasn't just like the physical light that made Jerusalem a light within their culture. Um, Jerusalem was a special, special city for them. Um, in so many ways, it was like the Denton of Palestine. It was the most important city of all. So about this time, people had come to believe, and they, and they knew, like, God's everywhere. God's in every city, of course, which was revolutionary back then. Um, but in their Lord, Jerusalem was, was especially a place where God was especially present. It was what perhaps uh, the Celtics would later call a thin place, a place where the, the veil between divinity and humanity was thin, where God intersects this world in a, in a special and profound way. And perhaps that's what Jesus was pointing to also, uh, that, that all of us here, like that city, that we're made in the image of God, with divinity on our soul, eternity on our heart, in the midst of our very real humanness, that you are a thin place too. You're like a city on a hill. You're You're a place where divinity and humanity meet. And when we live at that intersection, when we take residence in that city, at that intersection of who we are and who God is, of our spirit and of the sacred spirit of something more, when we live for and from that city, we shine in a way that cannot be hidden. Living from that intersection is is simple and profound It's beginning with where we are and who we are and saying, God, who I am and what I have, where I've been, what I've learned. God, I don't know where it all fits together, but let it be used for more. Let it be used for good. Let let me, in some ways, be a part of what you're doing. In ways small and big, let me be part of this great work of love and life, of justice and joy and peace and holistic flourishing for all people. Let me be part of let me be an intersection. Maybe there's a coworker in your life who's going through something that you've faced as well, and they need to be seen and they need to be loved, and because of who you are and your own story, you can see them and love them in a way that no one else can. Or maybe you're a high schooler and you remember middle school, and you know that there are middle schoolers out there who need to know that they're not seen and noticed quite as much as they think that they are by everyone around them. And you can give them hope from your own story that it gets better with who you are and with all you are right now. You can help. You can be a light and an intersection between who you are and what our God is bringing. 
When you ask that question, how can I help? When you open your hands to life at that intersection, I don't, I don't know how it all works, but it seems like over and over again, when we ask that question with real openness, there's this spark that happens, an idea, an opportunity, a way you think about how you can let your story help others with their own, let your journey encourage others on their journey, let your passion and your experience bring wisdom and action into our world to let your spirit and the sacred spirit, your purpose and love's purpose, intersect and shine out like a city on a hill. So here's what's amazing. When we stand at that thin intersection offering who we are, centered in the love of God and neighbor, we find in a profound way, we find ourselves loved in that intersection as well because there's nothing more life-giving to ourselves than finding that ourselves can give life to others. And Jesus says that that's what we're invited to do right here and right now in all the places we go, in the present where we are. And so he, he shares some insight on this by offering to us another metaphor. <laughs> Jesus is just like mixing all kinds of metaphors in. His English teacher would be so upset with him. But luckily, Jesus wasn't speaking English, so he didn't have to worry about that. <sighs> I need, where's Brandon with a rim shot when you need it, right? So seriously, um, Jesus says, he says, think of a lamp. When you light a lamp, you don't hide it. No one, after lighting a lamp, he says in verse 15, puts it under a bushel basket, but they put it on a lampstand so that it can give life to all the house. Back then, you might have only had like one oil lamp for the whole room, and so it was very important to find just the right place and to lift it up high so that it brings light to everyone and to all people. And so it may not seem often in the midst of this life, it seems like we're passing through, we're in between things, we're looking ahead. It may not always seem like we're in the right place. But Jesus says in, in some way, like a lamp, we're invited right where we are to lift up light and love and to give light to the whole room, to the places where we are to shine, to live our lives in a way that brings light to everyone in the room, ourselves included. And whatever location you're in, whatever circle you're in, of your family, your friends, or coworkers, your classmates, among our neighbors and in our world, you are in a place, in maybe the right place for right now, because no one else can stand right where you stand, at the specific intersection of self and God and relationships. And in that place, Jesus invites us to shine, and to shine especially into those places in our circles and relationships that need life the most so that the light can be for all people in the room. And in some way, in the present where we are, that just might be our purpose, whatever and wherever that present is, to shine light in our location, in our circles, in our relationships. And that seems like a lot. Uh, life is topsy-turvy, and time seems temporary, and everything is too much so often. But that question that we're invited to ask in response to the whisper in our souls in the present moment, in the midst of everything, in spite of everything, with everything that I am and all that you are, God, how can I be a light to my location? Just asking that question in some way helps us find ourselves, find our place, 
and helps us return and remember to live at the intersection. And so how do you, how do, you do that? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't feel bright all the time <laughs> in the midst of this life these days. You know, do I just like get all ready like Lizzo and, and flip my hair and check my nails and go out and like muster up some good feeling lights in this world? It's not about mustering this by force of will, strength of optimism. (laughs) See, Jesus is inviting us to shine God's light of love. We don't have to generate it ourselves. It's there shining always. We're just invited to let that shine where we are, through who we are, with all we are. Light isn't pushy, (laughs) It isn't loud, it just shines. And in some way, right now, wherever we are, the deepest forces in the universe, the love that wins, the light that shines in the darkness is shining there. And so our invitation is simply to join that light in what it is already doing. And so what is it that light does? Light brings warmth, brings health to life. Let our light shine in that way. Let it shine with compassion, with encouragement, with a spirit that helps to bring flourishing and growth and health and warmth to those around you. Have an eye toward cultivating more healthy relationships, whether it be around the work table or the kitchen table. Check in with each other. Support each other. Be there for each other. Help each other flourish, not just to survive, although that's something, but to thrive. That's the light that's already shining. Shine with warmth and health. Next is this. Light reveals beauty. Um, Sometimes, if you flip on the light in my closet, it reveals things that need to be more beautiful, too. But light helps us see and notice beauty and life around us. So artists, use your creativity to help us see light in full. Teachers, help, help your students see themselves and their life in full. And for all of us, look for the fullness of life and shine a light on it. Seek to treat others as people of profound beauty and sacred worth because that's how the love of God sees you as well. That's the light that is already shining. Just let it shine through you as well. Light protects the vulnerable, doesn't it? Light shines into those dark places and pushes back the darkness and makes safe space. And right now, in our world, there is light and safety that is needed for so many and so many of us. And insofar as we are able, we are invited to let our light so shine that those who are vulnerable can be seen so that, so that those who are wrong can't stand unnoticed and that injustice can't remain whether it be injustice or inequality in our life together, whether it be um, specific circumstances like families who are seeking hope and refuge along our border or the brokenness in our public life and institutions, we're invited to shine light by keeping our heart's attention looking toward the places that need light, keeping our heart's action, doing what we can And most of all, to keep our hearts love and our hearts passion 
to be ever seeking justice and joy and peace and transformation in all things. And when we do, we join the light that shines in the darkness and will one day shine in full. That's the light that's already shining and invites us to join. The light also calls us towards something more, doesn't it? Light is a beacon that calls us forward, that leads us onward and invites us further in this life. Light brings hope. And so no matter how small your light seems to you, no matter what your here and now is like, the light that you shine in your location gives hope and a beacon to all in the room that there is goodness, that there is life, that there is more, that there is hope in the now. And it gives us hope in the light that is shining already. That's exactly what Jesus said would happen in a, in later in this passage. He says, so in this same way, like a city on a hill, like a lamp in a room, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and praise God in heaven. And this doesn't mean that, that you know, if I hold the door for someone later at lunch today, that they're going to go, praise God. I mean, they might. It depends on how much they're carrying at that moment. Um, but what they're going to praise in those moments is not me, is not us, but the fact that there's good in the world, that there is light in our world, that there is, is warmth, there is beauty, there's protection, that there is hope. And in that way, what you do right now, right here, with all you are, what you do to shine that light for the good of your location, no matter how small or unnoticed it seems, it matters. It matters because it helps us all see. See hope. See light. See God. See each other. And see our way forward. The call to be the light of the world isn't about one of us being this great city on a hill. It's not about us being this huge, you know, bat signal that shines in the darkness and calls the forces of justice. That would be so much easier <laughs> if it did. It's about something so much more profound than that. It's about each of us on our path, on our journey, in our location shining the light that we have so that we can walk this path toward the light that is already shining. Each of us in this room, all of us, the light you shine is enough to light up this place and to light up my life. And we're invited to let that shine in the world and it's enough to light up so much and to show the way for us and to help us see. It's not about the strength of one of our lights. It's about all of our lights shining out the light of God. See, Jesus said, when he said, you are the light of the world, in English, um, that just sounds like this singular, you. But as we established, Jesus didn't speak English, believe it or not. And so here in Greek, um, it says you are the light of the world, but it's plural. It's collective. If Jesus was from Texas, he'd say something like, y'all are the light of the world. Together, 
all of us. So let your light shine together. And when we do that right now, right here, in the purpose of the present, it can light up the world and it can help us see. See each other, see ourselves, see hope, see a path, see God, see here, now. The God of love who is with us in our world, with us in this world right now. The light that is already shining begins to shine more full and invites us into this intersection of God and neighbor in ourselves. So may that be wherever you find yourself in this present moment, may that be our present purpose. Like a city on a hill, like a lamp on a stand, like the light of love shining along the path for all to see. May that be our present purpose in our time. May we shine light for all people. Let's pray together. God, who is love and who invites us into the intersection, into the thin place, the the intersection of divinity and humanity. God, to think so often of going on Monday and shining light, of going home and shining light, it, it can seem overwhelming. And so thank you for this vision um, that I've heard in new ways today to remember that this light we shine is something more. It's a light that is shining in our world. It is a light that is being shined by others in this community. It is a light of a city, of a community, of your beloved community. God, thank you that we don't have to muster up the strength to shine the bat signal on our own, but instead we can shine like a lamp where we are. And so God, we think now of those places where we go this week, of those relationships and circles, of of those places where we find ourselves right now. We ask in a fresh way, you might give us a chance to open our hands see how we can help and shine your light to bring warmth and life to reveal the beauty and the sacred worth to protect the vulnerable and to call us forward toward more let your light and your love do that for us that we may be a part of your work in our world in our time right now. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.